Welcome to Fantasy Football BS with your hosts, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from your newbies to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one air care heating and cooling provider in the Bay Area. In this episode, we'll be previewing all the games of the week, as well as giving you Bryduck and Snowman studs and duds of the week. So sit back and listen to this great content so you're the one dominating your league and hosting that fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Mm. Division rivals player. Mm. Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider. Yeah. But that just makes for better bullshitting. <laughs> Two of the smartest football minds. So listen. A Raider in Fort Worth. The Bronco in the Bay. Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS. I'm the Snowman with my co-host, my Texas native in Las Vegas, Raider rival Bryduck. Again, we're welcoming the Foose back in for his weekly segment here. Uh, I cracked open my beer for the episode. I'm drinking a Fun Police, which sounds like an oxymoron. Um, double IPA for, out of Dunload Brewing, which is out of Davis, California. So, uh, what's up, Bryduck? I needed a double IPA because bringing in the Foose every episode is causing me to drink more hey cheers brother fun police huh so like uh if you have too much fun you will get the police called on you yeah you can get thrown kind of like the islander party like back in college (laughs) (laughs) we won't bring up any of those and any we won't throw anyone under the bus with that shit so moving moving in man oh my gosh the news breaking in right Tua now the starting quarterback. What the fuck did Fitzpatrick do wrong for them to to just give up on the season and have Tua go in? I, I don't know, man. I thought I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, they they put him in that game. What do you have nine yards passing? And then yeah. you know they decided that he's the starter moving forward. You know, Dolphins are three and three. Like you're second place in the division right now, and you just decide you're going to roll with with the rookie. So. I don't know. I, I think the mindset is obviously he's the future, right? He's a, your first round draft pick. We know he's the future, but I mean, just a, a strange time to do it. Your your season isn't over, you know, so I don't know, just to, to switch it up like this, you know, after six games seems very strange to me. Yeah. If, if they were 0-6, I would say, okay, where's two? Absolutely. But they're 3-3. Three and three. The Bills are 4-2, and two, so it's not like they're out of any contention. And Fitzpatrick has won the last two games. And for fantasy re- re- relevance, excuse me over here, he is like QB6. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback so far this year. Yeah, it's just really wild, man. Like, I, when I was when, when that news broke, you know, that was the first thing I went. And as I went and looked at Tua to see, you know, kind of if his waiver claims were starting to climb up the polls of people who are adding them this week. Um, Cause you can see those ads and drops on players. It actually shows you that, that metric on there. And yeah. I mean, his, his ads were starting to climb throughout the day. And I was like, man, he had nine yards passing last week. Like I get it. You know, I think, you know, he's going to be an exciting player and if he is fully healthy and he can, you, you know, mirror what he did in, in college, I think, you know, for sure it'll be, wildly successful at, at, at you know being a, a good fantasy quarterback um you know i was trying to think of someone as like a comparison and the only thing i could think of is like kyler murray you know i kind of envisioned them using him yeah. kind of like a kyler murray you know wilson hybrid because uh, i think he's he's probably a better passer than kyler murray um but i mean it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out it'll be interesting to see I mean, I too was like a fullback, man. The dude, we always had a saying when it came to, to coaching and when it came to Samoans that you add 50 pounds and you add three inches to whatever there is because that is how strong they are, how aggressive they are, and just how crazy they are when they put their helmets on. They're 100%. the funniest, funniest people to coach off the field. And then as soon as they get on the field, it's like they snap and something snaps and they are just, they're having a great time out there and they just make it look easy and it, it it's amazing so i'm excited to see him i just kind of feel bad that fitzpatrick finally was going in 
28% increase of being picked up. So I know those people that picked him up last week are now pissed if he was starting in there. But uh, it's Tua's time now, so we'll we'll see what's going on, and uh, we'll see how, how that changes things up, and we'll, we'll see if that can – or if they'll end up going with a Fitzpatrick after one or two games. But it's definitely Tua time for, for Dolphin fans, and uh, it's, a, it's a good time to go into – just going over what we're going to be going through this episode. Yeah, so we're going to be hitting on our uh, our foos clues, uh, questionables, doubtfuls, outs, injuries, our Q&A segment, um, and then we'll be hitting our studs and duds for week seven. Um, and then, of course, if you're on social media, Instagram and YouTube, follow us at FantasyFootballBS, on Twitter at FantasyFBBS, on all pa- uh, podcast platforms at FantasyFootballBS. Um, so make there sure you, you guys are out there liking, subscribing our, to our channel. So that way, you know, every time we uh, drop a new episode. Yeah. Yeah. And Brad, Brad, who, who are you going this week in the survivor league? Uh, I will not be in the survivor league this week, Dick. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Hey, I mean, that, that, uh, I mean, I, I should have known betting on a team that I hate going against another team that I hate is just not a good, not a good recipe. (laughs) You know, rooting for the Patriots to beat the Broncos. It's like, I really don't want to root for any, any of these guys, but you know, uh, obviously sticking with the Patriots, putting in cam after being on COVID watch list, probably not my brightest move. So that was my own fault. I missed on that, but Granted, he had two fumbles lost, two interceptions. Cam Newton and the Patriots just looked bad. They didn't look like themselves. And I think that that was, you know, uh, one of the things that I took away from the weekend. And I think a lot of people were asking themselves come Monday morning is, you know, should people be worried about the Patriots? Are they really somebody, you know, in the AFC that's going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with come, you know, December? Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. You know, everybody gets those knee-jerk reactions after a one-week thing, um, kind of like me with the Browns last week apologizing, and then they showed us again that they still suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going it. I mean, you got the tonsil tonsil hockey titans over here that are undefeated Man, over here. What a wild so, game that was! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Derrick Henry finally just went off. <laughs> But uh, always give it give a nice shout out to our sound engineer. I got this. Jumping in to Foos Clues, my man again. Just Foos Clues is our weekly segment where we're going to be breaking down the injury report, providing Foos's frustrations. Uh, I know he's pretty frustrated sitting in. I think he's at seventh place or eighth place in our in our league. So I know he's quite frustrated with with how his team's doing so far. And uh, of course, man, welcome back, Foose, man. How are you doing? And thank you for joining us. Hey, that's right, boys. It's the Foose back at it again with another installment of Foose Clues. I'm living the dream. How we doing, boys? Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing doing good. good. Nice, nice. Uh, this week we're gonna talk a little injuries, summarize the injury report, get some get some reactions from you guys on that. Uh, I'm gonna have you guys drop a little bit of fantasy knowledge on me, talk about some projections, how I can understand that, and then if we have time at the end, I'm gonna ask Bryson uh, why Derek Carr is such a garbage QB. So we'll see what we got there. <laughs> ah, Let's there jump in. Let's jump into the injury report, and we are gonna start it off with running backs. Mark Ingram, my boy, ankle injury, questionable. What are we thinking about Mark? I mean, he's not doing anything anyways for fantasy owners, so uh, he, he shouldn't be in your starting lineup. I'm about to give up on him completely. So Yeah, right up. I don't know, man. Mark Ingram's one of those guys where I, I always come back to the trusty vet at the end of the season, you know, and I feel like you let go of him and come week – 10 11 12 when it really starts to matter in the thick of the season and the coaches lean on them heavy you're going to be kicking yourself so i don't know i obviously uh right now yeah you're not starting mark ingram and from you know the ankle injury it didn't look good um so certainly uh if you're a, a dobbins owner you're out there you know probably pretty happy right now um but 
uh, with Mark Ingram, I don't think I'm giving up quite on him as far as, you know, letting him go, unless you're on a short bench league. So I know that you're on that one uh, league where you only get four players. So, yeah, and, uh, if you only got four players on your bench, I'm not stashing Mark Ingram. That's for sure. There we go. Good stuff. Moving on here to Miles Sanders and the Philadelphia Eagles. He is questionable, looking like a one- to two-week injury. Is this something that could linger, or are we thinking – this may be uh, an issue for the rest of the season, or, or do we just sit him out on the bench for a couple weeks and then he's back at it where he was before? Well, I mean, if you remember, Miles Sanders was out week one. So he, he missed the very beginning of the season with a hamstring injury, and now he's coming back and, and injured again. Miles Sanders just doesn't seem to, to be able to, to stay healthy for, for very long. I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to continue to linger, but... I, I think Boston Scott should be someone, if you're a Miles Sanders owner, might want to go get his backup to in case it does linger on past the one to two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. And with their season in ruins, you know, I don't anticipate them, you know, pushing their, their star running back and really their only offensive weapon um, out there <laughs> uh, out there to, to be re-injured. Um, so I, I could see Philly playing this very, very cautiously. Agreed. Philly's garbage right now, but that division is is, is garbage, and that's yeah, yeah, that is a Giants are number one right now. <laughs> that division is... gotta gotta love the division system, huh? Moving on here, moving on to my boy Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco 49ers. Hate to see it happen to this man again. He just came back looking explosive. Now he's got another knee injury back on the IR. Is this something that's going to hurt him the rest of the season? I don't Shit, I can't even say. I mean, it, I'm, I'm hoping most of owners, I wasn't one of them, but I'm hoping those that were able to swoop up McKinnon, I'm hoping they didn't drop McKinnon after, after that one week and now uh, stuck with Moser being gone. And I see a, a waving hand over here by, by Bryduck. So let's, let's hear it. Yep. I dropped McKinnon. I did it. I'm the guy, but the good thing, <laughs> and the, the, the good thing here is I'm waiver priority. Number two, uh, the guy who's waiver priority number one in front of me, I am hoping isn't targeting McKinnon. Cause that is my number one target in my other league that I am hoping that I am able to swoop. Um, kicking myself in the ass right now for getting rid of McKinnon. If you remember, you know, I even said it to you. I had to, I, I, I had to COVID hit Josh Allen. I wasn't sure was going to play. And I wasn't sure who to drop. And I had to pick up a, a backup quarterback quarterback that week. And, uh, I dropped McKinnon and picked up Teddy Bridgewater. And now I'm really kicking myself in the ass for that move. <laughs> I tried it's to a... trade. I tried to trade from McKinnon in one of my other leagues and he was like nah like I want to hold on to him that that person ended up being pretty smart because he had Mostert as well and so now now he's stuck but yeah great Mostert when he's in the games man he is just something else dude like he he's just he looks so effortless you know on the field he he makes it real he really does make it look easy and he's got that explosive speed he's got that breakaway speed where he can take it to the house at any moment um, so it's really unfortunate that he's so injury prone because he's a lot of fun to watch on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. So hurry back. Yeah, that, that 49ers different that 49ers offense is a different beast altogether when he's out there. Everyone needs to know where he is at all times because he can bust it up to twenty three miles an hour and, and go to the house in an instant. And he's a so. big boy too. He's not like a small little scat back, you know. So you're coming downfield with that kind of speed, no one wants to get in front of you. Yeah. Which is why he gets a lot of injuries because people are jumping at his legs. No one wants to take him up, up high. You know, everybody's jumping at his ankles, jumping at his knees, and unfortunately for big backs, that's just what happens. They go at your legs because you're you're so much bigger than them. Absolutely, and hopefully, hopefully the best comes out, and hopefully he just comes back soon and healthy and is able to help us enjoy watching football and watching those shitty Niners again. I'm going to choose to ignore that comment and round out the running back portion of the injury report here with Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Questionable with a shin injury. He went out for a little bit of the game, came back in later. What are we thinking for his shin injury moving forward? Didn't he? He already sat out with a shin injury. I think during camp he was at or concussion. Uh, something happened. 
I don't fucking know with Joe Mixon. Yeah, I hate Joe Mixon. Mixon is one of those guys that he's he's super talented. He's just on a team with a very terrible offensive line, but he's strung together three nice little performances. Obviously, he had the huge one against Jacksonville, where he goes forty plus. Then he goes Fuck fifteen him. points against the Ravens, and he puts fifteen points up against the Colts. So I choose him. I choose him as my dud against Jacksonville. Right? He was like projected to have like fifteen or sixteen points. And he puts I was up like, forty-two. Oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah, he puts up 42. I'm like, what a bitch. Like, get out of here. And before that, he put up 6, 12, and 8. So and yeah. then he goes 42. So, I mean, yeah. he's one of those players where he has that in him. It's just that offensive line that's holding him back, really. But now Joe Burrow is putting some fear into defenses. They are starting to take Joe Burrow a little bit more seriously. And I think that's why you started to see a little bit more success here with Joe Mixon. So, you know, I, I, I hope he's able to come back from, from the injury this next week and, and, you know, continue with his success. Cause it's, you know, it's good to see for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the emergence of T Higgins there is something to watch as well. It's been interesting to see him break out and that offense open up a little bit. Seems to be doing good things for Joe Mixon's production. So we will be keeping an eye on him. Moving on to my former position, the tight ends portion of the injury report, starting with Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles. Going to be going on to the IR here with a high ankle injury. Um, Is he done for the season from fantasy owner's perspective here? Or if you have him on your team, are you keeping him for any reason? I mean, I'm, right, I, I'm going to let you guys know that I have local law enforcement headed to the Snow's house right now to uh, arrest Snow's <laughs> wife, Megan, for <laughs> destroying me in a trade this week. And then Zach Ertz get injured, gets injured. So um, that's just highway robbery. Uh, but, but, it, it worked. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm screwed again. Uh, still have no tight end. Thanks. Um, so for high ankle injuries, you know, we said it. Early on in the season, when we started seeing a lot of these happening, you know, like Michael Thomas, for instance, um, how long has he been out? You know, so, you know, you're looking at a four to six week timetable here. So we're already in week seven. So if you fast forward six weeks from now, you may have him come playoff time if you're in the fantasy football playoffs. So you could stash him away on IR. Uh, if you have IR spots, if not, you, you know, you probably gotta, you gotta release them if you need that bench spot. So, um, just depends on how your league is structured. If you guys have, you know, IR positions available, then definitely put them on IR and hope that he's able to come back by playoffs and be, you know, somewhat of a factor. Uh, but yeah, with, with Zach Ertz, I'm, I'm very, very upset if I'm a Zach Ertz owner, which I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunate stuff for, for Zach Ertz. Uh, let's close out this injury report for today with Janu Smith. Uh, he was one of the sleepers on our tight ends list preseason. He's got a minor ankle sprain. He is questionable. What's the prognosis for Janu? Gosh, man, I pick him up and he goes down. So the, the industries definitely, definitely are, are killing me. I mean... That guy was looking really good. It was averaging like 18 points a game. He was just killing it. And then suffers that minor injury and wasn't able to come back. He looked pretty pissed on the sideline too. So it definitely looked like something that hopefully won't linger for him as he's been missing time before and is in the past. And he's had such a good, strong year that I'm hoping that he's able to, to get back and, and kind of get going here. So I think he'll, he'll, he should be fine. But, man, whatever tight end is in that offense with Tannehill just tears it up. I don't even know who the hell the other dude was and coming off that bench this week for after Smith went out. And the kid had over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's one of those ones where I'm, like, kicking myself in the ass right now because I didn't really think you know that he was gonna like I I think he's a highly efficient quarterback and you know he has good accuracy but he's not one of those guys that kind of jumps off the board as like a prolific passer and that's going to be putting up like 300 plus yards a week Um, but damn he is really producing right now Um, that Titans team is is 
a lot of fun to watch right now. I, I love I love watching old school like ground and pound style offense. You know, I, I love watching that with Derrick Henry and the game he had was just incredible to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Real quick before we close out the segment, Ryan Tannehill, are we are we buying high on him right now or are we are we selling high? I'm selling high for sure. If I'm a, if I'm a Ryan Tannehill owner, if you can get something good in return, because if I'm a Ryan Tannehill owner, the chances are I I already have a, a, a starting quarterback, and I might have picked up Ryan Tannehill as a backup. Um, so you just hit you know quarterback lotto like we we were discussing with uh, with Snow's wife last year. Uh, she had Wilson and remind me was it Watson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so she had Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson last year. So sometimes you you hit on those luxury picks where Lamar hit last year late. Uh, And in this case, Ryan Tannehill certainly was drafted very late in his ADP. Um, So if you have him, you could probably sell him if if you have a better option at quarterback um, and get something really valuable back in return, like a starting running back for your team or a starting wide receiver for your team. So... Um, if I'm an owner, I'm selling high. If I'm looking for a quarterback, which in one league I am for like, you know, just simple fact that I need somebody for like a bye week and I have no backup quarterback. I was looking at Ryan Tannehill and I was, I was actually trying to think of like, what do you even offer for Ryan Tannehill right now? Like what are people valuing him at? Um, so I think each league is going to be different, uh, with Ryan Tannehill and kind of how they value him. So you kind of just got to float some some draft options out there to whoever those owners are and see what they what they bite on or if they come back and they're like yeah you're out of your mind um then you might be like okay yeah i'm way off and i'm never gonna get this guy so i think it's it's gonna be a case by case and league by league basis good stuff so i'm looking at ryan Tannehill right now on, on yahoo fantasy and his projected points for the rest of the season actually is between are all between 21 and 24 points uh, and that brings me as to an interesting segue into my topic for this week and that is about point projections uh, so i want to know how much stock should i put into these point projections so that that's a that's a tough one um we we've touched on it in previous you know segments where we kind of talked about those point projections and not to pay too much uh, attention to those point values but at the same time it is there there is some you know research and some metrics that go into those projections so there's some different ideas you know in different you know projection based models and how they come up with those so like different formulas that they may use um but in terms of how they come up with that data you know it's kind of like based off of trends and i've also i've also read that there is simulations done so in years past they've used like madden and they'll run a thousand simulations of the game and then they use that average for that player for their projection of what that person's going to get that week so you know, there's there's different ways that they come up with these projections on these uh, on these different platforms. But the long story short, uh, after tons of studies and people have done this, you know, the 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 range is kind of wide. It's not great, but there's like a 10 to 20 percent variance on whatever that projection is. So say a player is projected to get 10 points that week. He may go plus two or minus two of that. So he may put up eight, he may put up 12, you know, that's kind of like, it's between eight and eight and 12, not really necessarily, he's going to put up 10. They just kind of go with that middle number. So that's how they come up with those numbers and how much stock you should put into that. I think you should definitely use it as a baseline, but look at the trend of the season. I think that tells you more of what you should expect versus what they're projecting. Because if you look at Ryan Tannehill here, he's exceeded his projection in five or no, in four of the five weeks he's played by a wide margin, like not even close. You know, week one was close, but then week two, he puts up 34. Then week three, he shits the bed. Then he goes on a bye week, comes back against Buffalo, puts up 36. And then after that puts up 37. So he was, you know, plus you know 13 14 on top of his projections for those weeks um so if you look at this and you kind of look at that trend i'm seeing a guy who's putting up probably more close to 25 
points per game is where I would, in my head, value him at. Uh, so I see him here more in the 21 ranges. I think that's low, to be quite honest. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to look at those trends and, and, and figure that stuff out for yourself. But, you know, when you go to look at the matchup for the week and it says Team A is going to beat this team by X amount of points, I, I pay no attention to that because there has been plenty of times where I've been wildly expected to win a, a week and I get my ass kicked. Yeah, and and those and those numbers, right? Like they're they're created. Someone like Ryan Tannehill, they they take the past numbers. They'll look at previous data points from from the past and last season when he was in, he wasn't throwing the ball very much. It was twelve, yeah, so they look at those 14, pass fifteen times a game. So they look at those pass attempts. And now, if you look at his stats, he's throwing it thirty two, thirty eight. He he's throwing it a lot 43. more. So. 43 attempts so they, they take previous data points from previous seasons to create the start of the projection and so that's why when you when you look at yahoo or espn they're ranked somewhere based upon their target so they'll put each position based upon what they believe their target projection of the full season is and then on top of that then they do tweaking to it each each week so if ryan Tannehill is averaging 43 pass attempts uh they're they're going to take how many pass attempts are deflected or intercepted by the defense and then add that and put that into the number as well of uh, number of passes intercepted by the defense divided by number of passes attempted by the quarterback and divide that to be able to create some sort of number they'll do that with yards they'll do that with all types of stuff to to get those numbers tweaked enough each week in week out. So if you'll see like Kareem Hunt uh, to to start the week, the week uh, Chubb went down, he was projected to have 20 points on Tuesday. But by Thursday, after doing calculations, running the algorithms, looking at the defense he played, it went down to 17. So however they differentiated, he needed to be projected three less points is is in their system. But they have all these scenarios written down and all these statistics and metrics. So it's very metrics driven. And a lot of people will will create their own leagues. And I mean, I, I can't do this shit by hand or whatever, but they'll create the, the Excel formula to be able to make their own projections based upon like an ESPN tool or Yahoo tool and and stuff like that. So a lot of different stuff out there. Hopefully that answers everyone's questions. Nobody told me there'd be math. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there is math in fantasy football, which is why none of us are very good, apparently. But thankfully, thankfully, most of it's done for you. Yeah, exactly. I, so, yeah, long story short, I, I, I use trends um, and I don't pay too much stock into their projections. I use it as a as a guideline, but not the end all be all of like, that's what I'm actually expecting, because sometimes, you know, that's why we have our studs and duds, studs and duds segment specifically because we look at these projections and sometimes we're like, you guys are fucking way off this week on these specific players. They're going to exceed or they're not even going to come close to meeting in, in the duds cases. So, you know, that's kind of why we developed that segment was because of this. Like we see some of these projections and sometimes they're just laughable. They're like, no, that's, there's no chance, you know? So it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of use those trends in, in your favor, and, and that's how you got to kind of build out your roster. And a way to look at those trends for those newbies, for like wide receivers, look at targets. Like, look at if they're targeted four times in week one, but all of a sudden the last four weeks they're targeted eight or nine times. That means that the, there's something going on. The offensive coordinator or the quarterback, they're creating a connection. They're starting to scheme that person in more. So you can look at trends that way. Same with rushing attempts as well, but. Uh, that's that's how I'm looking at it for wide receivers, especially when I'm picking my studs and duds that I'm looking at volume. We're looking, we've always talked about chase the volume, chase the volume, chase the volume. So read into the trend. If you're seeing a volume spike, aka for like a Justin Jefferson or a T Higgins, they're seeing a lot of volume and that trend is starting to increase week in, week out. 
those are those are people that projection wise you should you can start looking to see that they're going to be past what their projection is interesting so these projections are heavily metrics and quantitatively derived uh, and if you can make some qualitative adjustments based on what you're seeing in terms of a player's scope and role in the offense then you could potentially uh, make a better assessment for your player in a given week yeah absolutely definitely Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate you guys covering the point projections so that I can appropriately set my lineup to beat you guys. Uh, that's going to be all the time we've got for Foo's Clues this week. Keep on listening, everybody. Send your user questions so that we can cover them here. Tag them with Foo's Clues to be sure I get all the questions and complaints you're sending our way. Back to you guys, Bryduck and the Snowman. Thank you again, and just kind of a perfect time right here for us to pause to listen to our sponsored ad. If you're looking to add to your sports memorabilia collection, do yourselves a favor and check out the best in the business, Baybreakers. They'll give you a chance to win full-size football helmets signed by some of your favorite players. I've already added some fire helmets to my collection, and you can too. Just follow Baybreakers on Facebook and get in the game. All right, jumping back in. Thank God. Could stop listening to the foos talk over here. Uh, I, I had to crack open another beer just to to not listen to his bullshit. But uh, again, I'm just thank glad you very we, much. I'm just glad we didn't get to the widest car suck segment because we could have gone an hour on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have had to log off right here and just or go buy another six pack. So we can start. Uh, we can start a whole new episode on that. Oh, I mean, I can't wait for the off season to to hear some more debates based upon Jimmy G versus Carr. So hey, hey, go. all I know is Carr Carr outplayed Mahomes. So that's all I know. Okay, okay. Well, moving on to to some other bullshit. Uh, Thursday Thursday night football. Just to go real quick into into some buys. We're starting to cover some bye weeks now, people as well. So Minnesota, Miami. Indianapolis, Baltimore, they're all on buys this week. So a lot of fantasy movements needing to be done. It could be a good thing for those Dalvin Cook owners who maybe comes back after the bye week. We'll keep you updated on that. But Justin Jefferson, uh, you have a Gaskin from from Miami who's starting to to look pretty good as a flex. You have uh, everyone from Indianapolis. You have Lamar Jackson you have Justin Tucker, you have Baltimore's defense, you have Mark Andrews. You got a lot from that game alone with Baltimore. So a lot of people that need to, to needed to be moved out. And if you're in short bench leagues, whatever, hit us up. We'll be able to, to let you know if you missed out on some of those waiver wire targets that we posted. If you missed out on a couple of those, we'll be able to guide you through these bye weeks for your players. So hit us up without a doubt. Jumping into Thursday night football, we have... New England versus Philly. Again, NFL. Uh, you can find us anywhere on social media. Bryduck has, has said it. Fire your Thursday night scheduler and hire Bryduck and myself because this is a retarded game. It's going to, no doubt about it, Philly fans are going to fight again. I don't know if you saw that, Bryduck. First time fans have been allowed in the stadium for Philly and. <laughs> Oh, you know they got in a fight. You know there's going to be brawls. Yeah, idiots. Probably fighting with idiots. each other too. Yeah, they're they're fighting with each other like four rows. It starts from like four rows because people can't be near each other, and then all of a sudden they start fighting each other. And now NFL is going to be like, okay, well if you keep doing that because of COVID, you can't have fans. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, th- there's a story I tell a lot of people like you know growing up in the Bay Area, the 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 worst fans were. You know, the Niners, if you're a Raiders fan, and the Raiders, if you're a Niners fan, right? And those were kind of like the worst fans. And then I moved out to Dallas, and I was like, God, Cowboys fans are really annoying, too. But I'll tell you something, man. I went to the NFL draft when they had it out here in Dallas, and there is nothing, and I mean nothing more annoying than a Philadelphia Eagles fan. They're bad. I promise you, they are the worst. These are the folks that threw snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad these people are. Yeah, just did you know Philadelphia the was the was the first stadium in the NFL to actually have a prison on site because <laughs> they needed to throw that. so many people in the drunk tank 
that it was easier just to take him downstairs and put him in there so they could brawl each other in the in the jail downstairs. Man, they had a section at the draft of like thirty Eagles fans, and every pick they were just like the most obnoxious people in the world. And I was just like, oh my goodness, now I totally get it. Like I get, yeah. I get why Cowboys fans hate eagles fans so much because <laughs> i'm not even in that division and i hate you guys now <laughs> just the worst oh man oh man what i mean biggest implications here fantasy wise is just zach Ertz and miles sanders their replacement for them miles sanders go try to pick up boston scott uh, it, it may be a short fix, but the Giants' defense sucks, so you might be able to get some points out of him. Zach Hurts, who are you looking for? To are you looking for a tight end uh, from Philly, or no, are you I'm just not touching anybody else on Philadelphia? I mean, Goddard's out, Zach Hurts is out, no one else is worth touching over there. So, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see if they if they you know roll a new tight end out there if they go tight end by committee here moving forward. Um, you know, it's a lot of patchwork out there in Philadelphia, unfortunately. You know, poor Carson Wentz goes from, you know, seasons uh, removed from an MVP-like, you know, season before that injury to now just being just completely irrelevant and yeah. looked at as just like, you know, somebody that they might actually bench to put in Jalen Hurts. You know, it's kind of crazy Philly, because like last I mean, year, who, who cares what Philly fans yell out? But you know, they're out there yelling like hurt, put in hurts, you know, like, yeah, they're ready to send, send Wentz packing at this point. It, it's kind of crazy because with Wentz last year, just needing to pick up starters from, from the street, Wentz still was able to put together a, a good season. And this year, just nothing. Troy, out there, however you pronounce his last name, that wide receiver. Polgam. Trent. Yeah, Polgam. there you go. Trending up a little bit here, but again, it's just going to be hit or miss with with everyone on there. It's just going to be too sketchy of a thing. Boston Scott might be a quick fix for you Miles Sanders owners, but he's not going to be a long-term, long-term fix. Uh, going into Sunday games, Bryduck got got a couple good Sunday games going on. Who are some players or some games you are looking to watch? Division game with Arizona versus Seattle. Always a good one, good one out there with the uh, NFC West rivals. Uh, lots of fantasy, star, fantasy stars in this one. You've got Russell Wilson. You've got Kyler Murray, Chris Carson, D-Hop, DK. Um, I and you got your your boy Kenyon Drake as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, and Kenyon Drake, he's out there too, <laughs> dead to me still. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this isn't the Seattle Seahawks of of seasons past. This is a Seattle Seahawks with a fucking terrible defense. Um, so I'm kind of anticipating a, a fun, high scoring game here. Uh, yeah. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals looked slow in that first quarter against the Cowboys. They looked like they just were not on the same page. But once they got clicking, um, I mean, they were obviously put up a lot of points against the Cowboys. Another terrible defense. Um, and and Seattle's like, his, like hitting historic numbers with how bad they are this year. Um, so I, I think with this many stars out there, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I'm anticipating a high scoring game here. So if I'm a betting man, I'm betting the over. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's going to be a good one. And just not only fun to watch as a football fan, but as a fantasy fan, it's going to be a lot of numbers coming from there. Tyler Lockett as well, but DK Metcalf over here is starting to kind of emerge. DK Metcalf this is league. just tearing it up, man. He oh is, my gosh, he is just tearing it up. He's a, a super underrated wide receiver um, that I think you know in a couple seasons might be top five in the league. Yeah, no, he's a big boy, and he's starting to just he's starting to come. Like I said, he's starting to emerge as that that true number one for for Seattle. Nothing against Tyler Lockett. I'm a big fan of the guy, but uh, I mean, well, you he's saw what Russ your... said about him, right? Yeah, said he's going to be a future. Hall... He's a future Hall of Famer. He said he's playing with a yeah. future Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, that's how much Russ thinks of this kid. So, yeah, says a lot. Yeah, for a future Hall of Famer in Russ Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, uh, it's it's definitely big. Another one I'm looking uh, forward to, and I know I know you're looking for this one too as well. But Tom Brady 
versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, now, so Camp- you have Gruden. Sorry to cut you off here, but you have Gruden in the same season going against the Patriots and now getting to go against Brady in two separate games. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a lot to take in. Yeah, it is. It is. And Tampa Bay's D line is no joke. I mean, they just harassed Green Bay. Now I know Green Bay is not notoriously known for having a great offensive line for Aaron Rodgers, but jeez, I mean, Aaron Jones couldn't get shit done. Aaron Rodgers couldn't get shit done. I mean, they were on top of everyone. How, how, so how much? A, how much shit do you think Rodgers gave Williams for that comment he made, he made about Tom? Oh my god! I mean, you think you <laughs> you think that might have lit a little fire under the the team's ass uh, for 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 that that comment that he made? Oh, absolutely! I mean, bro, you're he, a backup running back. What are you doing? You're causing the rest of us problems. I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, bro, you're not even a st- you're not even a starter. Like, don't be ca- out here causing problems for the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, and Gronk emerged in that game. He had the most receiving yards he's had all season, and it looked like it was old Tom Brady and Gronk just at it. Yeah, and the Gronk and the Gronk waiver claim ads just keep climbing, man. If you go over to Yahoo right now and go to the ads, he's like at the top of the list right now. People are just recency bias is just crazy to me. It's like a person has one breakout game and people just jump all over it like he's back and it's like no what did he do for five weeks before that again look at the trends like an anomaly game those will happen these are professional athletes like they're yes they're capable of that but you know are they doing it week in and week out no then don't i mean don't it is the raiders guy up. it is the raiders defense 100 you know they are against tight ends that's 100 so. percent correct that that is 100 percent correct yes they are very very bad against those those tight ends but there. but yeah there's a lot of a lot of good good players coming out in that game too you got tom brady uh you got chris godwin you got mike evans ronald jones who i think will all have have big games um you know i think that gronk will definitely be a factor there i don't know again you know we we look at gronk in history and we're like oh gronk you know but it's like we're looking at him this year and we're just like oh it's you know he's not doing anything so yeah can he absolutely he showed it last week but nah, i'm not as worried about him as i as i am against like a chris godwin i think chris godwin is the type of player who is going to absolutely carve up the raiders this week um he's not on my studs list but he is an honorable mention for sure because you know godwin's the type of receiver that the raiders just historically can't cover those types of receivers those fast receivers um mike evans and and you know down in the red zone is going to be a, a problem as well because um, we don't have our corners right now so that's it's going to be a tough game i think it's going to be a, a really tough matchup um, from the raiders side you got josh jacobs you got waller um those are probably your most fantasy relevant players if you're starting a henry ruggs um you know Tampa Bay has looked pretty good on defense, so I don't I don't anticipate too much out of Ruggs. I think if Ruggs has a big game, it's going to be one of those boomer bust games where he has a couple huge plays. I don't anticipate him getting you know huge amounts of volume and, and targets and receptions in this game. Yeah, I just don't I don't know if Carr is going to have the time to be able to hit Ruggs deep. Ruggs deep. Yeah, get, get him get him involved in the game. Maybe some end arounds, whatever you have to do to to kind of get him involved in open space quick because i mean tampa bay's defense can can get to the quarterback quite quickly so um yeah no great job and going into to monday night here now only one monday night game this week we've been kind of spoiled as of recently having some some double monday night games but chicago versus the rams now the rams just got their ass just handed to them by the niners everyone was counting the Niners out of that division. Rams fans were all talking shit, and then all of a sudden they just got smacked in the mouth. Every single analyst going into that game, every single analyst chose the Rams with the exception of Tony Dungy. He was the only one who chose the Niners. And And the points he made up to that point, and he was the last person to pick. 
And up to that point, everybody was kind of like making their case for why and blah, blah, blah. And then Tony Dungy made his case. And it was a very compelling argument about Shanahan and kind of where they are and getting some of their players back. Now they get Mostert injured again and they're just back into that whole deal. But going into that game, Tony Dungy was spot on. Like he he nailed it. Um, so I was I was actually kudos to him for sure. Yeah, I, I like Tony Dungy. I like listening to him, obviously, coming from that coach's side with me coaching for, for a long time now. But it's nice to hear the, the coach's perspective of, of how they break down those matchups versus just your your players, your former players that watch the game and see anything. But actually seeing a head coach, successful head coach, go in there and be like, uh, I got this, this, and this. So listen to me because I'm a lot smarter when it comes to matchups and scheming and, and shit like that. But, uh, I mean, Ram Ram running backs continue to disappoint. There's no one you can start. There's no one you can trust to start. Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers. No one. I'm, I, I don't touch any of the Ram running backs. None of them are getting enough volume to be able to, to even be on, be on our bench. I think you finally dropped Cam Akers. I did. In, in he didn't league. get a single touch. Not a he, not a single touch. He's healthy and he didn't get a single touch. So I'm yeah. like, he's the 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 Rams running backs is so, the waters are so muddy that you can't even get in it. It's like it's just they're all worthless at this point. And man, what about uh, going a little side note over here? Clyde Edwards Hilaire, how how pissed are you gonna be if Le'Veon Bell just starts eating into his literally shit? was just having this argument with my brother last night. So <laughs> I honestly don't think Lev Bell's going to be much of a factor against it. L- look no. at what, what Clyde Edwards Hilaire did last night. He put up hundred and sixty yards rushing. You know He made a statement. He made a statement. I I I mark my words and put it on the board. I don't know if this is gonna be something that I'm gonna be, you know, kicked in, in the ass for saying later, but I would say he has 400 yards rushing max by the end of the season with the Chiefs. I'm marking that down. Max. You know he might get, he, yards, he might right. he might get 30 40 yards a game. You know maybe. I I think people forget how good Le'Veon Bell was. A hundred percent. He went he went into the black hole that is the New York Jets. A hundred percent. And that's what my brother was arguing with me about last night. And I a hundred percent agree. But look at the situation. He's not being put in a situation where he's going to be the workhorse. They drafted a kid in the first round to be their workhorse. Lev Bell's going to come in on third downs. That's going to be his role. He's going to have to get used to it. He's going to be the Shady McCoy of this year for the Chiefs. That's what he's going to be. Andy Reid always gets those vet backs who have that third down pass catching ability. That's Andy Reid's MO. And Lev Bell is coming in to fill that role. I I guarantee by end of season, he will not have more than 400 yards, barring a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury. If something happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then obviously that's all off the table. But I'm, I'm hoping you're wrong just so I can throw it in your fucking face. Th- and what world is he going to get the opportunity to put up 1,000 a, a yards? You know that. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you over here. I mean, I'm just saying I, I'm really honestly hoping in our league if he <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire just loses a bunch of shit because Bell comes in, I'm gonna be like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I just I just think of of looking at the situation, if Lev Bell that that was what was so weird to me. As Le'Veon Bell, why are you going to the Chiefs? You know you're going into a situation where you're not gonna be the starting running back. Like this He should have gone to the Bills. He should have gone to the Bills. A hundred percent he should have gone to the Bills. That would have been a way better opportunity for him. And way he would he could have gone in there as almost a, a oh my god can you imagine can you imagine him Allen and Diggs oh my he made a horrible decision whoever his agent is he should be fired you know he steered him wrong when he made him sit out a season then he fucking sends him to the New York Jets to die <laughs> for for a, a, a million more than the next you know highest bidder it's like uh, as your agent I would tell you like. Hey bro, what's the difference between 14 million and 13.5 million in the grand scheme of things? You know, like let's let's get real here. Like do you want to go play for a, a winning team or do you want to bang your head against the desk every week because you guys are going to fucking be horrible? You know, like if if I was him, I would fire that guy. 
He's just he just continues to point him in the wrong directions. Then he's then he's like, oh yeah, go play for the Chiefs, where you'll never get in. Like sure, you know. I can't wait to see him on what your one of your duds list here coming in the next couple of weeks and just have him just go on and and just go off, be the Joe Mixon of me and you just that next episode. I mean, say, Mother I, I, I'm a Clyde Edwards Hilaire owner in our league. I'm not in my other league, um, but I honestly think that the situation that was been has been given to Lev Bell is not a situation that favors him to be a fantasy relevant player through the rest of the year barring injury he's gonna be like a kareem hunt handcuff yeah he's gonna be super valuable to have as a handcuff because if he gets that opportunity he's gonna take full advantage of it but until he's given that full workload opportunity he's not going to have that type of opportunity and jump in jump in stand by studs and duds <laughs> we're gonna keep an eye out on that i wrote it down everyone he's not getting more than 400 yards we are going to hold Bryduck to that if he gets over. If he gets 401, I'm throwing that shit in your fucking face. So going into our studs and duds, I know you like to start with the negatives first. Bryduck, who is your first dud of week seven? My first dud of the week is going to be... Oh, wait, whoa, sorry, sorry. Who who was the winner last week? We tied. Another tie. Another tie. Another, Another tie. tie. What is this soccer? I know. Oh, yeah. We we should we should have a tiebreaker. Maybe we'll do that next year. We'll, we can figure out like a tiebreaker method or something here. Yeah, um, it took us four months to figure out this duds and duds thing. So. But I'm still I'm still undefeated. So there's that. <laughs> you you I think. So what am I? Four zero and two. Four zero and two. Oh, yeah. Ugly record. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Eagles, and, uh, except it's except for I get wins. I, I'm the one that's the the Eagles over here. Oh four and two. That's uh, I'm the Eagles record right now. Yeah, that's that's no bueno. <laughs> um, but yeah, my first dead of the week is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, yes, I did say that it's going to be one of those high scoring games, but from the Cardinals side of the ball. I kind of feel like they're going to lean heavier on the running game in this in this game because Seattle's defense so poor. Um, so I I kind of anticipate the Cardinals coming in with a different uh, game plan and trying to control the clock. Um, I think that that's going to be the method that they're going to go for and not try to compete with arm versus arm talent, Murray versus Russ. I think mm-hmm. I think they want to come in with a different game plan entirely. So I'm kind of seeing a DeAndre Hop. I'm seeing I'm seeing that the Cardinals might get out ahead and then go toward the running game. So a twenty point six one projected point value is pretty heavy, um, considering he didn't even come close to that last night uh, or on Monday night against the Cowboys. Yeah. So you know, and the Cowboys, in my opinion, are comparable and and shittiness of defense and you know i think that you know you can kind of use what happened in that game as the blueprint for what's going to happen in terms of his production in this next game good good who's who's next my next dead of the week is going to be jameson crowder so jameson crowder plays for a terrible team in the new york jets like we were just discussing and how terrible they are and why the hell isn't adam gase fired can i ask a question how the fuck did levy on bell get fired before gase i i I don't get it i i think adam gase should have been fired before he started with the jets like the guy is terrible how in the world does bell get fired before gase that is just such a strange thing but totally different topic um, but yeah, I mean, if I can make my face look as retarded as as Adam Gaze's <laughs> face does during press conferences, I'd be doing it right now. But I'm too good looking of a man compared to that ugly piece of shit. <laughs> All right, so moving on away from that, uh, Jamison Crowder's projected to put up 15.23 points against Buffalo, who's a stingy defense. Yes, the Chiefs, you know, got away with a, a decent game against that defense uh, the other night, but. I think that uh, Jets are going to be slow going against Buffalo, especially coming out after a loss, trying to make a statement. Um, yep. So I anticipate a very tough, tough game for the Jets and anybody associated with that offense. You've got a uh, third dead of the week is going to be Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper, you know, 
Uh, aside from having that touchdown last week, I named him as a dead of the week last week. Aside from that touchdown, he would have been a dead of the week. He had one oh, he had one big play that busted loose, and he has that ability, sure. But Andy Dalton, I think that the uh, in the DFW area, for all my friends and, and listeners out here in the DFW area that might be Cowboys fans who were – you know, saying that uh, Andy Dalton might be the best quarterback in the NFC East, I think that uh, was proven false. Uh, Andy Dalton, very quickly. Andy Dalton just looked like just so unprepared for that game. Um, very rattled, you know, early on, and just never seemed to get into a rhythm. And then picked up, you know, 260 yards of garbage, you know, time yardage. So. You know, but when it mattered, he couldn't get anything done. Uh, so if I'm a if I'm a Cowboys owner right now of any of the Cowboys players, I'm talking Lamb, uh, Cooper, Zeke, uh, Dalton Schultz, um, Gallup. You know, any of these guys, I, I'm I'm worried right now. I'm yeah, very agreed. very worried. And if I'm trying to make a trade, uh, I, I would use some of those guys in the buy the the sell high mode. Um, where Amari Cooper, you know, he had a good week last week and he's had some good weeks before that with Dak. You might be able to sell him right now and, and get something better in return than what he's going to produce the rest of the way because I, I I said it last week, I think Amari Cooper's in, in for a long season ahead with just a, a disappointment. I agree. I agree. And going into my dids, I got uh, Devontae Adams here. Now, I know as soon as you post this shit, everyone's going to blow up Instagram and say that I'm retarded or high. Again, everyone, we are going off a plus or three minus system. His point projection is 20.29. Now, I understand Houston is garbage. I completely get it. I think Green Bay will beat Houston. But to to say that Devontae comes back and has only had one game, one game this year where he's hit that past that 17 and I know he hasn't had a lot of games and everything like that or whatever, but I just think they don't have a lot of other weapons around Devontae, and I just saw how bad Houston is. I think Green Bay is going to try to get that run game going on. I just don't see Devontae Adams coming in here scoring 20, 20 points. I think he'll he'll end up getting a little less than that. Uh, my next one is Juju Smith. Now... He is just, rang check everyone, get rid of him, sell sell maybe on name alone. Chase Claypool is that number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh right now. He has proven to, to, to Big Ben that he can be trusted. I still think Big Ben has always had a little trust issues with Juju dropping some easy passes. He makes some great catches, and then he'll, he'll drop some easy ones. I just don't see J, Juju getting the the targets and the value that he has been able to get in the past i think juju is a very big boom or bust type of player and the tennessee titans defense they're i i think they're underrated now fantasy wise i don't think they're like relevant or anything like that but just as an overall defense the tennessee titans seem to try to keep everything in front of them They don't allow huge big plays to be taken off on their defense. They would rather you earn those yards and earn those touchdowns. And Juju Smith is all about that huge big play to to get him those. So I think Juju Smith uh, is looking to to score 14.57 points. I just don't don't see that happening. And then my last one here is Tyler Lockett. Now, Tyler Lockett again, DK Metcalf is that number one wide receiver for Seattle. Tyler Lockett, besides having that exploding game where he had like 30 points, Brian having another fucking player that just goes off. But just because of that, I just I just don't see it happening. I, I agree with Bryduck over here. I believe both teams are going to try to be on a more possession. And Tyler Lockett, again, is just kind of the, I'm trying to throw the ball away and, Tyler Lockett just comes out of nowhere for a big play. But I just don't see Tyler Lockett getting that 16.76 points that they're projecting against against Arizona. Bryduck, 
Who are your studs? Yeah, it's interesting on our duds, though, that you went with a wide receiver from Seattle. I went with a wide receiver from AZ. Both kind of had the same idea of game plan and how they're going to... I like that. I like that. We're we're both on the same same wavelength there. (laughs) All right, uh, studs. So, studs. Man, it's just hard to to not say that Tom Brady is going to go into playing against the Las Vegas Raiders with uh, something to prove against old Gruden over there. And, um, you know, I think that Tom Brady is just going to go in there and light the Raiders' defense up. I'm expecting a huge game out of Tom Brady. He's only projected to put up 19.25 points, um, which to me is just crazy considering what the Raiders' defense has been given up this season to opposing quarterbacks. Um, so I think that that's a, a very low number. I anticipate Tom going in and having a great game. Second up, uh, Josh Allen against the the New York Jets, only projected to put up 21.89 points. Um, Aside from last week, has just been on a tear this year. Um, Going into, you know, uh, last week, I think he was QB3, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So he's he's having a good year, uh, and I think he's going to just destroy the New York Jets. So... Uh, look for Josh Allen to have a big game. Jarek McKinnon um, as my third stud. Getting the getting the go, you know, with Mostert being injured. If you look at what McKinnon was able to do in Mostert's absence, very, very successful. And also a, you know, a huge dual threat running back. He is really, really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. So in your yeah. PPR leagues... McKinnon is just going to be a huge asset for you in Mostert's absence. Um, so I think that that's going to be uh, real big for McKinnon. And going against the Patriots defense, that's a tough defense. Um, but last week, the Broncos just looked to fucking handle them. So if- Dude, I told you, man, the Broncos are on a roll. <laughs> it started with this last week. I said it. Watch out, if the, watch out. If the Patriots look anything like they did last week against the Broncos, the Niners are going to absolutely annihilate them. They might put up 80. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I, I think most, or I think uh, McKinnon and Mostert's absence is, is going to be a top 10 running back the rest of the way. No, agreed, and I, I wanted to pick McKinnon and then I saw you had him on his list so I decided to to take McKinnon off because <laughs> I thought McKinnon had 14 points I was like okay this is crazy yes yeah, he's about low. to go off so uh Josh Allen I I kept him on the list here 21.89 points I mean come on I mean you're you're playing the Jets I mean come on come on buddy yeah <laughs> just get out of here with that bullshit he's gonna put up uh, 35 t- yeah, I, I I hope so. I, I hope so. Yeah, My only so. luck was that Matt Ryan scored more points this week than Josh Allen, and it was okay in the household this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, T. Higgins. I, I just think he's starting to, okay. to emerge out of, out of Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is liking T. Higgins a lot. Tyler Boyd is, is getting some volume as well. A.J. Green is just going to come and – take some of the attention like he, he kind of does. And, and T. Higgins is averaging s- over seven targets a game, and he's only projected to have 11.66 points. So, again, Cincinnati plays a lot from behind. T. Higgins could come in there, get a lot of garbage points, and just and, and, and be a big big wide receiver. Man, stud Bur- for me. Burrow against Mayfield, that's, that's going to be some fun to watch, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah. some two big charisma type guys so that'll be that'll be fun to watch i i think t higgins at 11.6 you you said it that is that is really low actually so that's a that's a great choice there i like that one and then my last one i i threw an alternate in there because it seems like every one of my players either gets COVID or gets hurt right before so <laughs> uh, i had to throw an alternate in there which uh just in case something happens but my third dud is cole beasley again stud just another another stud that is just coming in here and has seen a lot of attention from josh allen and is seeming to find those open pockets and zones that he's he's getting quite a bit and every single week if you look at his projections he's always 
always projected to have like eight points or nine points, and this week nine point eight eight. The guy is averaging fourteen points a game. Double digits so, every week. Double digits every single game. So it's just again, just kind of a sneaky underrated player. Again, I, I don't think he's your starter for you, but someone that you should have on your bench because he, he is putting together pretty nice season and as long as Allen is throwing the ball forty times a game, he's gotta spread it to, to someone besides Stefan Diggs. And so, in those deeper and, leagues, he's he's definitely a value. So that's something that keeps There we go. On. There we go, man. I just finished my beer. It's and it's perfect time because now we got to listen to to the closing remarks so I can grab another one. Absolutely, guys. So uh thanks for thanks for listening to the episode. I just want to say a uh, huge thanks to Foose Clues uh, again. I, I love the segment. Love what uh what we're what we're going over each week. So, thank you again to to Foose for coming on the show. Uh, make sure that you guys are listening to us on all podcast platforms at Fantasy Football BS. Following us on all social media, IG and YouTube at Fantasy Football BS, Twitter at Fantasy FBBS. Uh, next uh, episode will be next week. We'll be going over injuries in the Foose Clues again, um, bye week replacements, studs and duds, and of uh, of course, you know we're always looking for those Q uh, for that Q and A segment. So if you guys have got questions for us, send them to Foose. Uh, make sure that we're we're getting those questions so that he can hammer us each week and you know see us squirm here live on on camera while we're trying to answer these. So uh, make sure you guys continue to send those uh, over to us. And then again, thank you to all of our sponsors: Air Care Heating and Cooling, Bay Breakers. Um, you guys are excellent for us. Uh, Air Care Heating and Cooling. You can reach them at four zero eight. 809-7350 or visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com boom boom there yeah. it is hey thanks a lot guys uh as always you know we we appreciate all of you guys listening and uh we'll catch you guys on the next episode peace out watch this something like you never seen vip's hopping out the limousine from the first moment